bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. What's up, citizens? I am your V Podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. Man, it feels, feels great to be back. <laughs> we are on episode number 38, and uh, man, I really do hope that you've had a great week so far and your weekend's going great. Um, well, hey, you know, let's turn up and talk some anime. Of course, we have our winter 2023 anime discussions for our A-side slate. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing several topics such as going to public events with your coworkers. Ooh, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I can see some of you already cringing at the idea of hanging out with some people from your jobs. I mean, hey, it, it could be worse, right? <laughs> uh, we also talk about the unpredictable characters. Now, think about it. Have you noticed in a lot of different animes, there's always that one character that, you know, you just don't know what is going on upstairs with that person. Like, like I don't know what they're thinking. Like, that is the unpredictableness that we're going to be discussing later today. But we'll talk about this and much, much more in today's show. Um, and then also after our first break, please don't forget that we have several, many more anime topics to cover in our A-side slate. So, hey, you know, kick back, grab a snack and um, enjoy the show. All right. Well, let's talk some anime. We'll start with our first anime for discussion in our A-side slate. And that is. Can I get a drum roll, please? <laughs> Surune season two, episode six, titled Taken Shape. Now, in this episode, while the boys have been practicing independently, learning how to improve their performance, they take a break from their practice to support the girls, Yuna, Noe, and Rika of the Kazimaki Kudo Club, who are participating in a 3v3 tournament. So, you know, they're able to get out there and strut their, their stuff themselves, which is pretty cool that they're, the boys are willing to show their support for them. Now, while the, they're watching the girls, the boys are clearly noticing how in sync they are looking and hope to find answers for themselves. So they're kind of watching them uh, in this tournament like, oh, my God, like they look like they're so, you know, in tune. They look, um, you know, they look happy and joyful to be around each other and to compete. And that that energy that they're having is just oozing off of them. And I think all of them are benefiting from that. And so it makes me want to discuss the importance of positive energy, positive energy. Now, I know that like, this is kind of common sense. Like, of, I mean, of course, positive energy is OK. But look, if you look on social media and elsewhere, you, you'll start to think that, uh, no, people crave off of drama uh, you know, just messiness, uh, gossip and things of that nature. But I'm here to tell you that positive energy out there definitely goes a very, very long way. And the first thing that comes to mind is calming effect, the calming effect. You know, when someone is very positive, generally that energy that goes around the room, it calms everybody else. So let's say you were a nervous wreck. And you just like, oh, my God, like, I, I don't think that I'm going to be able to give this speech this afternoon. 
But then you have so, a lot of other people around you that are very positive and maybe they're cheering you on and say, hey, you know, you got this. Like, don't worry about it. You know, you're going to you're going to ace this. You're like, we're completely confident in your ability to present a really, really good speech today. And that calmness, that that positive attitude that they have normally will have a great effect on you, most likely to where it calms your nerves just a little bit. Not saying that you're going to take you all the way down to zero, but, you know, that that type of positive effect can definitely uh, make you feel a lot more comfortable in a setting like that. Um, And then you have people are usually just more willing to open up to you. You know, I. Everybody that I've met, you know, that have kind of come to me and they see like the energy that they have, they're like, dang, Jay, like you're so amazing, you know, to hang out with because you're so positive and, you know, generally full of life and you have a, a, a really good attitude just about life in general. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. And so they're usually willing to kind of share like, you know, I was going through this you know, the other day and, you know, it's just really been, been hard on me, but, you know, just talking to you, it, you know, it, it's bringing up my spirits a little bit more. And, and that's not even just for myself. That's also for other people that I come in contact with. You know, I say, Hey, like, you know, my boy bit, you know, he's uh, an editor for our podcast and, you know, just his mood of, you know what, let's just keep trying things and see how things work. Like that type of, uh, of positivity is something that really helps out a lot and makes uh, others around you better, I think, in the end. Um, I say also, it's easier to take criticism when someone has a lot of positive energy. I mean, just think if there's someone in your circle that is usually very upbeat, very nice, has a, a very calm and soothing tone of how they deliver information to you, when they're actually criticizing you, it's usually easier for you to take because you're like, hey, I know this person doesn't mean me any harm. They're normally very, very upbeat and pleasant to be around. I know that whatever they're telling me is, is likely something that's going to benefit me in the end. Or if we can agree to disagree, I know it's not coming from a vicious place where they're trying to hurt me in the end. So, you know, I feel like that positive energy goes a long way for that. Um, And it kind of goes back to what I was saying about people are most likely uh, willing to open up to you. Uh, you're also more pleasurable to be around. I mean, just think about that person in the room that all they do is complain. They always have bad thing to say. You know, it's like the world is, you know, the, the sky is falling attitude. And, uh, you know, it's just like, okay, I don't want to be around this person because they're going to bring the complete vibe down in the room. And I don't want to deal with that. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> and we, the crazy thing is like, we know people out there that are like this, you know, we, we see it. And I, for me, it's like, I try to be a, a somewhat, I guess, a beacon of light to help them hopefully like change that, you know, have a positive impact on their day. But, you know, in all honesty, there's just some people where you just, that's just how they are. And, you know, there's nothing you can do that can kind of bring a bunch of light to their day. It's just, they're constantly in that mood. And, you know, sometimes you just got to leave people where they are, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, just to say that, you know, there are times where you may have to say something negative, but, you know, I like to think that when you do say something negative, it's mostly because you're hoping that they have a positive result in the end. So, you know, it all, it's, it's all, uh, it's all, uh, but galaxy? No, not galaxy. 
gravity. No, that's not the word. <laughs> Which I don't know what I mean, but okay. All right, let's move on to our next anime topic for discussion. And that is the ice guy and his cool female colleague. Man, I, I love this title so much. <laughs> Episode six titled Lost in Amusement Park, which that title sounds kind of incomplete. Not going to lie. But in this episode, uh, Himudo and Futsuki are provided tickets to attend a popular amusement park from their chief at work. Now, I got to say this. If you have the opportunity to read some comments about this episode on, you know, these uh, streaming platforms that uh, these animes are available on, you will quickly learn how much props the Buddha boss received. <laughs> I mean, he got so many praises like, man, I wish that was my boss that just gave me free tickets or, you know, time off work or whatever. And I agree. <laughs> give me, give me something free. I will take it. But uh, yeah. So in turn, you know, they also decided, Hey, you know what? Because we have these free tickets, we're also going to invite Komodi and Saijima. And, you know, it made me think about going to public events with coworkers, you know, with your coworkers. Have, have you been to any public events with your coworkers? Have you? Hmm? Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm the employee who completely avoids going to anywhere public with my coworkers. <laughs> I, if I can skip out going to like the grocery store with my coworkers, I, I will do it. Now, don't get me wrong. We all have like that subsection, like the, those few coworkers that we enjoy hanging around and we don't mind wherever we go with them because we know there's going to be all love and there's not going to be any uh, anything negative that comes out of it. But there are some um, coworkers where it's like, no, I completely avoid trying to do anything with them, uh, even at work. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the first reason why I feel like I don't, I try to, I avoid going out publicly with my coworkers is um, misunderstandings can happen like very easily. You know, you're at out at the dinner and maybe you say something or they say something and it can be taken out of context. Uh, and then next thing you know, that can turn into a mild or severe argument and you're going back and forth and now you have people in the room that's trying to split y'all up or maybe, you know, one of y'all have to take a time out and leave the room or leave the leave the whole vicinity as a whole. And it's just like, especially if you know that some coworkers already have a, a negative uh, opinion about you, you know, it's almost like a thickener. Like it's something that could be added to it and just make it that much worse uh, when y'all are in close proximity together and have to kind of deal with each other in the same space, you know? Um, but then another thing is fraternization, which, you know, y'all probably, some of y'all may be like, wait, what? Fraternization? Like, Jay, okay, you, I, you, okay, we get it. Big brain, IQ, you got it, but can you break this down and make it a little bit simpler for me? Okay, I, I got you. I got you. Your boy, Jay, has you. You're in good hands. <laughs> uh, but uh, fraternization, I mean, it's basically 
uh, when you're dating someone else that you work with. And it's mostly when it's a person that's in a higher position. So like a manager that's dating someone that's like um, a, uh, I guess you say like a, a more low tier uh, co uh, worker, you know, so they're there. They have, uh, union over that person. They're the one that manages them and tells them what to do. And the issue with that is if, you know, they're having a relationship, there could be some favoritism that goes on and that could present issues in the workspace. If, you know, maybe those couples, they get into an argument. And so now the, the manager is, tr you know, trying their best to fire them, or maybe they, um, uh, you know, transfer them to a whole another different department. I mean, there's some crazy stuff that could potentially happen when you have coworkers that are dating each other, especially if they have differing positions of power. And for me, it's like, uh, no, <laughs> I, I don't want to be a part of that at all. I don't want none of that. So I just stay away. So fraternization, big no-no for me. And I mean, like, let's say, I mean, I've seen it. Uh, at, even at a lower level where coworkers that don't have, um, um, you know, monitoring over each other, they're on the same level and things are usually good in the beginning, but for some reason, it's like 90% of the time it turns out bad. Like, you know, they, you know, a baby might get involved later down the road and then there's divorce and divorce gets messy. It's just, I, I would caution you all that if you are in a position where you have, you're dealing with coworkers, try not to get in a relationship with them because uh, it could go wrong. <laughs> it can go left real quick. <laughs> um, and then also uh, it's a hotbed for starting gossip. Uh, you know, just being in the public place with other people, you're going to have other coworkers that might not be, around like a certain smaller group of other coworkers. And from afar, they're gossiping and starting to talk about, oh, like, look at them. Did you see her? You know, you know, she touched his butt or he touched her butt and they seem to be like really buddy, buddy. And so now this whole ordeal turns into like, they're, they must be dating and bumping and grinding after hours. Who knows? They might even be going in the office early in the morning or, or late at night and, 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 you know, making love all in the cubicles. I mean, you, you just never know. I'm, I'm speaking like this is coming from uh, experience. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not. It's not. I promise it's not. But okay, let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is... High Card, episode five, titled Power Game. Ooh, that, that title seems like it hits hard, right? Uh, in this episode, Police Detective Sugar, which, man, that, that's actually an awesome first name for anybody. Detective Sugar, that's sick. But, uh, you know, so Detective Sugar becomes very irritated that nobody in the police force wants to look into the pinnacle automobile company specifically the members leo chris and finn so frustrated that nobody thinks that the you know these members are suspicious and seemingly all of the cases that they're involved in get labeled as solved 
Uh, Sugar decides to launch her own private investigation on the company, believing that the officer's job is to bring balance into society like uh, her senior, Detective Greg Young. So she is, Detective Sugar is one of those, look, I am justice. (laughs) I am Batman. (laughs) She's one of those. But, uh, you know, I will say this, you know, just thinking about uh, Detective Sugar's um, you know, belief in justice, it does make me think about the importance of balance. You know, and so balance, like when you think about the equilibrium, something that is, when you think about a scale, the scale is even. And uh, some examples I kind of would use for this is think about when you eat too much. You know, generally most people get sick. You know, you might throw up or, uh, you know, you might, you um, you know, start hemorrhaging, you know, it just depends on what is, you know, what, what happens in the type of food that you eat. But the same thing with, if you drink too much, you know, and this could be, uh, alcohol related or a lot of water, you know, for, you know, those that scour the internet. And if you're into martial arts, there was a um, news article that came out Sometime, probably some time ago that was talking about Bruce Lee and how they believe that he, the one of the, the causes of his death was because he drank too much water and that ended up causing like fluid that goes to the brain. And I don't know, all this other stuff say, you know, like you might believe it, you might not, I don't know, but I can, me personally, I can, I'm not saying that that's something I could see happening with Bruce Lee, but I can see that being a realistic thing where it's almost like you're you're dra- you're drowning your own uh, fluids in your body. You know, so I, that kind of makes sense. Now, anybody that knows me, you know that I am a huge water drinker. Matter of fact, you, you might be able to hear this right here. <laughs> that, yes, that is the the uh, liquid of life, I, I like to call it. <laughs> but, um, and then you also have, uh, you know, if you think about going too high in the air, you know, the, that pressure, that gravity that's kind of pushing you down, but also the uh, the air density, you know, it's hard to breathe the further you go up. And so we've seen movies and animes that kind of uh, show what, you know, kind of an example of what could happen where you get up very high and then you pass out, you know, it's like you get super dizzy and you, 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 you can't, you don't come to like you, you just lose all of your, your feelings and you faint. Uh, the same thing can be also said as if you go too far down in the ocean, you know, people that have tried to dive and go as far as they can, that pressure that, that comes with that as well. So a lot of the times they have to get in um, very unique built devices um, to to be able to get further down. So of course we know submarines and, you know, some other marine life equipment that allows them to go very, very deep. Uh, but just imagine if something like that broke and you pretty much were stuck down there, man, that, I don't know why my mind goes to like the most terrible, worst like death. I'm kind of morbid that way, but <laughs> I think about like crazy stuff like that. Like, Ooh, like this could happen. Like this is the worst case scenario. And it, that just would not be a good look. I hope that nobody has, has to experience that. But, and, and of course the old uh, saying when it comes down to balance is good versus evil. 
And that's kind of what Detective Sugar is talking about from her perspective as uh, someone that works in the police force is, hey, we're here to help bring um, normalcy to society. That is our role and our jobs. Now, of course, you know, in 2023, there's a lot of differing opinions of that. But I think the overall idea of just people in general uh, trying to to uh, create justice and you know bring down people that are doing bad things uh, because you know it's easy. I would say for some people would say that it's a lot. It's very easy to do bad things, and when you think about the sheer amount of evil in the world compared to good in the world, you know some might say that you know what it's kind of on equal standings, or maybe some moments of the year, especially when there's uh, some big news events that happens that are very unfortunate, you know, at that moment, you may feel like the scales tip way over to the evil side of where, you know, make it feel like more people are doing bad. And then when there's a sign of, you know, maybe somebody being rescued uh, or, you know, good charity work that's been done to help someone in the communities, then you, you may feel that things tip more so in the favor of good so you know i just feel like we all play our part in putting this energy into the universe and so you know hopefully you know those that are listening y'all are on the side of doing something good (laughs) well putting that good energy in well i truly appreciate you for that because we need it we need it okay all right let's get to our next anime for discussion and that is Tomo-chan is a girl. Yes, she is. (laughs) Episode six, titled Birthday Present. Now, if they would have changed present to song, uh uh-oh, every day my birthday, big booty. Okay, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I promise. (laughs) Well, in this episode, Tomo gets invited to Misuzu's place for a makeover from her and Carol. Unsure of what to expect, Tomo gives in and allows her friends to change her appearance. They say, you know what? We we like the way you look now, but we're going to make you better. We're going to upgrade you. So uh, after her makeover was complete, Misuzu kicked Tomo out of her house and requested her to walk to the convenience store to get them ice cream with the plan for her to see the attention she'd be receiving with her new look. Dang. So she's like, hey, get up out of this house. And You look star-studded. I want you to go see the compliments you get when you go outside. And uh, did she get some compliments and meet someone surprisingly uh, or shockingly that she wasn't expecting? And that was uh, a very, very funny moment, I would say. But um, so, yeah, you know, when it comes down to uh, Mizuzu kind of helping out Tomo made me think about changing your appearance. Changing your appearance. Is this something that you've done on occasion? Or maybe you don't do it at all. Hmm. Now, I would say as of recently, well, maybe the last mm, five, six months, I look different. <laughs> I look mad different. But hey, you know, that's the disclaimer. Hey, keep paying attention to uh, bingo book podcast and you never know what your boy gonna pop up with next but uh yeah you know so i think the one of the first things that i think of when it comes down to changing your appearance is um 
a lot of us, we don't try because we're used to our current look. You know, it's a habit. It's it's routine for us. We're so used to getting up in the morning. This is what we do. We brush our teeth, comb our hair this particular way. Maybe we use this specific gel or uh, grease or whatever it is that you do to style yourself. Or or maybe you like the more um, raunchy, rough look, you know, the, the bedhead look. And that's your thing. Um, but a lot of times like we're just like, hey, this is the way I am. I'm comfortable with this. This is easy for me to do. Uh, and I'm all right with that, you know, and mine is like, don't, don't get me wrong. There are some of us that maybe we do go the distance to, um, you know, doll ourselves up and that might take some time, but generally that look is pretty consistent. I would say, uh, and also sometimes we don't change, um, because we're, we're being rebellious, uh, of popularity and potentially like looking like someone else. So for example, uh, think of someone like uh, who'd be a good good example. Uh, let's say Drake. Drake, for example. So someone like myself may say, "Dang, I see Drake. He has this heart part cut into his hair, and man, I want to have. I want to do that, but because I don't want to feel like I'm copying Drake, uh, I'm saying like, no, I'm not going to do it. Or you have some people that say because this is such a popular style right now, I'm not doing it at all. And and that's that rebellious state that you have of like, I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to be unique. And so I, w- I would much rather just stay as I am than try something else that a lot of people are already doing. And, you know, I, actually that part, I kind of understand. Like some of us, you know, really want to stand out, you know, in our own way, you know, and we like what we do, but um, a quick story that I'll share with y'all kind of uh, based on changing your appearance. I remember I was dating someone that really wanted to change my appearance, the way that I dressed, the clothes that I wore. And at that time, I felt like I felt really uh, I was upset because I felt like, hey, you know, we've been dating, you know, you fell in love with the person that I am. So why all of a sudden you want to change the way I look? And I I was really hard for me to wrap my head around this person that, you know, I cared about and said, you know, they said they cared about me, wanted to change my whole appearance and make me into something completely different. Uh, And I I held a little bit of a grudge about that, you know, and, and uh, (laughs) I'll say this, like now I, I, I completely, understand where they're coming from because you know we kind of get the idea of yes you know when someone wants to change the way you look that they don't like what they see but that's not necessarily true it's mostly i'm changing i want to try something different because i think that you look good as you are already but you can look even better and so who doesn't want even better you know and that's that's the way that's the kind of the, the mind frame that i've come to over the years, it's like, dang, like I should have been more um, open-minded to try something different and see what have, what could have happened. Because in the end, I mean, it could have been, uh, okay, no, I don't like this. Or it could have been a positive influence of where like, dang, like I actually look dope and, you know, in this new clothing or with this new hairstyle. And now I'm getting more kisses, more hugs, you know, allow me to get more booty rubs. Uh, 
And um, <laughs> and that's a great thing, right? <laughs> so, hey, you know, definitely I hope that you take something away from that. You know, be open-minded. Don't be like Jay uh, of his past. <laughs> Not good. But, uh, yeah, but, hey, if you have had a change of your appearance lately, you know, feel free to share in the comments below. Uh, man, I'd like to hear some of the styles. Maybe if you were influenced by somebody else, a show picks. <laughs> I, I would love to look at them. All right, moving on to our next anime for discussion. And that is... Season four of Bungo Stray Dogs, episode 43, titled Tragic Sunday. Ooh, and I got to tell you, it lived up to his name. Now, I don't know if this day was a Sunday, but I definitely do know that it was tragic. <laughs> well, in this episode, Rampo received some devastating news that the next mission, the special detective uh he just said the spe the special detective company accepts while will be their last, and so you know as a result of that, uh, they feel that this will also disband this group permanently. So, in an attempt to prevent this from happening, Rampo and the rest of the agency members work together to find clues to change the fate of their dismemberment. Um, now, only to walk into a trap uh, that was set later by a very unusual character, which, you know, those that are watching the live stream, you'll see that unusual character on your screen. Uh, and, you know, he is a villain that appears to be totally unpredictable. And so, yeah, I mean, you you got me. It, this is a conversation about the unpredictable characters. Now, I got to tell you, you know, I, I I actually really, really love characters like this in anime, but not just anime. It can really be really in any type of entertainment, whether it's movies, TV shows, whatever. But especially in anime, I love characters. And the one of some of the reasons of why I love them is because, one, they keep you on the edge of your seat. Like, just think about it. Like, you get a character who you don't know what they're going to do next, and you're just kind of like, you know, just anxious to like, okay, what are they going to do? I, I I know that they're going to do something wild or maybe something super funny. I don't know, but it's just going to be different. So what is going to happen? Uh, but then the other part of that is it's almost like mind games, you know, if you think about it, you know, because you're trying to think of what they're planning to do next. And I mean, maybe that's just me, you know, maybe I'm a psycho too, <laughs> but, but it's like, I try to get myself in their heads and say like, oh, okay, I think they're going to do this next or something like this. And that kind of mind games that is fun. Like it's entertaining kind of deciding like, okay, what are they going to do next? And you're usually completely wrong, but that's what makes it very entertaining. It's like, wow. Like, I was completely off the mark. Uh, I was definitely wrong about this, but hey, it's it's all in um in enjoying. You know, I'm enjoying the moment. Uh, so you know, I gotta ask you all in the chat. You know, who are some characters that y'all think about when it comes down to who is totally unpredictable? So your unpredictable character, you know, or maybe even your favorite unpredictable character. 
Now I have mine. I got, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna show. You, I'm gonna. I'm gonna show y'all a couple of my favorite unpredictable characters. I wasn't ready for this, right? <laughs> All right. First one. I know. If if you don't know who this is, shame on you. Shame, shame. And that is. Oops. Probably should bring this up some. Ah. <laughs> uh, there we go. My boy, Twice. Young Jin. So Twice from My Hero Academia. Uh, he is a villain who has the power to multiply himself. And he can also take the form of other people when he's doing that multiplying. But here's the thing. Because uh, he's taking on these other people's persona, it's like he has to think about how they act. And not only that but he has his own kind of internal uh suffering or or conversation with another half of his mind so it's like his left and his right brain is is for an example it's like they're always in competition with each other and always uh going against each other and so you have one side of him that is more uh caring and loving and wants to do kind of like the right thing but really cares about his teammates and other people then you have the other side that is like completely unpredictable and you know he kind of tells him his other side what he should possibly be doing and it's this complete struggle that goes back and forth now it's a lot of course it's a lot more uh uh detailed than that but that's the best example i think i could give in this short period of time but yeah twice the homie, but completely unpredictable and hilarious. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just laughing, like just laughing anytime I see him on screen because you already know that you're gonna get some nice comedy relief. He might fart out of nowhere. You just don't know what he's gonna do, and I love it. So that's twice. That is the homie twice. Okay, and the next uh, person that I will show you guys that is on my characters that I think that are totally unpredictable. Now this person, a lot of you may not know if you're not, uh, especially watching uh, anime on the streaming platform that it comes on, but I gotta say, crazy, <laughs> just ridiculous. And that is Midari Ikishima from Kaka Kake Gurui, Compulsive Gambler. Now, uh, this anime, look, if you have not watched Compulsive Gambler, please do yourself a favor. It is a thrill ride. Very enjoyable. Uh, a lot of the characters are very lovable. The development is just, it's so good. But um, Ishikima, or Ikishima, I'm sorry, a member of the Hokai Private Academy, where she stood on the student council in also as the president for the Beautification Council. Now, don't, don't she look like somebody that you would love to get styled by? A haircut or something? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, believe it or not, she's actually pretty, you know, she got she got some swag to her. But uh, you can, I think she can best be described as a Russian roulette maniac. <laughs> and so when you think about Russian roulette, it's a gamble, right? It's a complete gamble. Uh, and that's what it's all about for her. She loves to gamble with her life on the line at any given moment. And so imagine you come into a room 
she sees you and automatically gets up in your face and says, hey, let's do a gamble and put our lives on the line. You could lose your foot. You could, you know, you know, uh, your eyeball, something. So she's just going to put something on the line and she's all for it. And that's what she gets off on. And yeah, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. A certified maniac, but is she awesome? Like just that whole unpredictability, un unpredictability. <laughs> you got to say it slow sometimes. So you can so the words come out all the way, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that that's her. You know, uh, Ikishima, I mean, definitely in my top 10, I would say, of just crazy, unpredictable characters that I absolutely love. But, man, I definitely would love to know who your favorite characters are that are totally unpredictable in the comments below. I uh, can't wait to hear. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion for our B-side slate, and that is Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, episode five, titled White Day and a Destination for Feelings. Ooh, ow, hurt me. <laughs> well, in this episode, Shirashi isn't sure who provided him a delicious cookie on valentine's day and decides to return the favor by getting a gift for this mysterious person on white day now unsure of who it is she actually asks kubo to help provide it to the person who gave him this fantastic cookie on valentine's day because you know kubo went on a on a on a uh I guess you could say she she went out to say that, yeah, she knew exactly who gave Shirashi that uh, cookie for Valentine's Day. So because she knew who it was, Shirashi said, hey, you know what? I'm entrusting you with this gift I'm getting for this mysterious person on White Day. And, uh, well, long story short, it was Kubo who gave him the cookie. But Shirashi is so... Uh, <laughs> not reading the the room and the situation that he's completely oblivious to uh who gave him his valentine's gift but uh so yeah you know i want to talk about valentine's day versus white day in japan now some of you may be familiar with this we've kind of had um a discussion about this uh in the past uh but traditionally Valentine's Day is on February 14th, which is, I would say, a pretty global thing for a lot of different places. Uh, and on this day, women in Japan present chocolates to men as gifts. So it's exclusive to women, you know, traditionally speaking. Now, I would I mean, of course, you know, uh, that doesn't mean that that's all that it has to be. Uh, but, you know, when you go to other places outside of Japan, uh, it tends to be kind of a free for all. Like, you know, if you're in the giving mood to get something for your significant other, then boom, like Valentine's Day, I get this for my boyfriend or my girlfriend, and that's what it is. And it's cool. And sometimes the other person doesn't have to expect that they need to receive something or give something back uh, in return. So it's kind of different in that way. But in Japan, Women, generally speaking, are the ones that give chocolates to men as gifts. Now, White Day, on the other hand, is on March the 14th. So that's a month 
later. And with this day, men return the favor by buying two to three times more expensive gifts for women. Uh, now, I call that a come up. <laughs> I would call that a come up like, dang, like, okay, I give, uh, someone that I, you know, a guy that I really like, a, uh, some chocolates and then in return, I'm going to get something that's way more expensive than that. Oh yeah. Women in Japan. Y'all got it going. Y'all got it going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, a month later that that's what they're doing. But, uh, so here's the thing, Valentine's day, was established by Pope Galius, which I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong, the first in AD 496 to honor St. Valentine, a Christian martyr. Now, the holiday first became associated with romantic love in the circle of G Jeffrey Conser, or Schaefer, Sancher, <laughs> in the high middle ages, when the tradition of courtly love was flourishing. So, you know, I'm sure that y'all seen some of the olden times where courting was happening and, you know, they might've said little things or did little things to win somebody over. So think that, you know, during those timeframes. Uh, so also the sending of Valentine's or greeting cards was a fashion in the 19th century in Great Britain. And in 1847, Esther Holland or Howland developed a successful business in her Worcester, Massachusetts home with handmade Valentine cards based on British models. And since the 19th century, handwritten Valentines have largely given way to mass produced greeting cards, which, you know, now if you go to grocery stores or, you know, if you're shopping online or if you go to like Hallmark or something like that, uh, you can get them digitalized versions of, of, of uh, greeting cards. You can get them written down. You have pre-written stuff with graphics and things like that. I mean, it's just a whole, it's a whole nother level these days, right? Um, now, on the other hand, White Day is a relatively new phenomenon that was created by the confectionery industry in Japan. So uh, when I think about confectionery, I just think about how popular things were in the industry for when it came down to Valentine's Day. And so they probably looked at, hey, this is an opportunity for us to do more, you know, for us. So um, White Day was first celebrated in 1978 in Japan. So in 1977, a Fukuoka-based confectionery company, which um, now that I'm thinking about confectionery, I'm thinking about letter, like letterheads. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. I, I, I just, if you know, you know. But uh, so this confectionery company that was um, done with Ishimura Mancito marketed marshmallows to men on March 14th, calling it Marshmallow Day. I didn't know that. That's, that's actually kind of cool. Like, March, I, I see where this kind of term comes from now. So, uh, but you'll see. While Marshmallow Day did not succeed as a cultural phenomenon, the National Confectionery Industry Association established White Day as an answer day or reply day to Valentine's Day exhorting men to return the favor to the women 
who gave them chocolates and other presents on Valentine's Day. Now, the color white was chosen because it's the color of purity. Aww, pure, so pure, so cool. Evoking pure, sweet teen love. Now, I didn't, I mean, I know this is more popular amongst the kids, but you don't necessarily see this running amok too much for adults. So, yeah, I get it, makes sense in this context. Uh, but, um, and it's also because the color also represents sugar. So, yeah, you know, white sugar, same thing. Uh, the initial name was I Need Kotaru White Day. Answer love on White Day. So yeah, that that is your um, kind of origin story of kind of how the Valentine's Day versus uh, White Day started up in Japan. And I mean, honestly, I think that that's cool that you have a um, country that took a whole nother spin on you know uh, holidays that happen in other areas of the world, and you know kind of had their own response and take on how they would like to interpret or or do those days, which is kind of cool. Okay, on to our next anime for discussion, and that is the Angel Next Door spoils me rotten. Episode six, titled A Gift from an Angel. Aw, that's so sweet. That's so nice. That's so cool. <laughs> but uh, in this episode, Amane's best friend, Itsuki, starts pestering him about his new glow after spending New Year's Day with Sheena. Now, although Amane grumpingly disagreed with the, his ideas of him and Sheena, uh, in a moment of seriousness, Itsuki explains to Amane that one day he will have to take things serious between him and Sheena because his experience with her so far will force him to take a stronger position in her life. And so, yeah, you know, Itsuki being a cool, calm, collective friend that, you know, also has his own experience in relationships because he's had a girlfriend for you know uh, that they've dated for a pretty long time and have already talked about you know getting married to each other at such a pretty at a pretty young age you know he's basically saying hey i know a thing or two about this and i'm telling you you know you're going to have to work harder and go ahead and push further um, because there's something there like the all the experiences that y'all are having as of right now you know you can't write that off as it's just nothing you know there's something there and there's going to come a moment where push comes to shove, you're going to have to make a decision. And I agree. <laughs> I agree with that assessment. Uh, but yeah, it made me think about dating advice from friends. You know, you have someone like Asuki that said, hey, you know, I, 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 I'm I, telling you, like, I, I know I've been through it myself. And I'm, I want to give you some sound advice that I think could go a long way for you. Just listen to me, man. And Amane is kind of like brushing them off or whatever. But uh, yeah, when it comes down to advice for friends, I think the first thing that you should do when you're taking that advice is, you know, qualifications, like the qualifications of that friend. And the first things first is, are they experienced? Is this someone that is talking from experience? And you know that they're experienced in that, not because 
they're just saying it, but because they have a history that shows that, you know, they've been uh, doing them, their thing and have dated uh, quite a couple of times, you know. And so, you know, with that being said, you know, experience, they say it goes a long way. So, and so when there's someone that might know a little bit more about the dating life, you know, it might be a good idea to get some advice. Now, here's the, the other flip side of that, too, is you also got to consider that you and that person are completely different people, like just completely. And so even though they're sharing their experience with you and how they would approach certain things, that doesn't mean that that is going to work for you. And that also doesn't mean that what you're hoping to get out of the situation can be tailor-made to the person that you're interested in, that you want to date, because they might have a totally different personality, uh, you know, um, thoughts about life. I mean, there's so many different things or whatever. So you can't necessarily always say that just because someone that you know is experienced and can give you good advice that it'll work for you. Uh, sometimes you might have to take the approach of, hey, you know, I, you know what, I'm just going to roll the dice and be me. And hopefully this person is accepting and, and likes me for me, you know. Uh, but also, you know, if you're taking dating advice from a friend, another thing is you got to know if that person is not a hater. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds like super crazy, but it's true. If that person is a hater and they clearly have done things that kind of signified that they're jealous that you and another person like each other, and maybe they like that person at a, at a moment, but they couldn't get, you know, couldn't date them or something. They could be, you know, um, what's the term I'm looking for? They could be saying like just sending smoke signals and just saying anything and everything to kind of throw you off and make you look bad. So, you know, hopefully you don't have any friends that are like that, you know, and I would, I would think that if that happened, that person's not a true friend, but we know that we've seen this before where they they might be great in all other areas, but that this one thing is something that they're not great, you know, good at, and they will take it out on you uh, and dress it up as, you know, that they're being friendly, but they're really kind of trying to sabotage uh, someone that you're interested in. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but it does happen. And so, you know, if you do have an experience like that, you know, you have to decide, like, is this a deal breaker? You know, do can I remain friends with someone like this? And for me personally, it's like, it's a deal breaker, like 1000%. Like if you get involved with somebody that I like and you try to like uh, backdoor me or something like that, now I can't trust you at all. You know, like I, I now... I'm starting to think that there are other things that you might do to hurt me and not looking out for my best interest and what the things that I'm trying to do. So no, <laughs> we ain't going, it ain't happening. Um, and another thing I would say is when it comes down to taking advice, um, dating advice from friends is have they had successful relationships? Now I, I, I can't beat the drum on this one enough. If you're, looking towards someone that has had nothing but very terrible relationships and they're constantly complaining about the situation that they're in or, or, or experiences that they have had in the past. Why do you think that it's a good idea to take 
any type of advice for them other than what not to do. <laughs> and maybe that's, maybe that's the notion of like what not to do. But nine times out of 10, if someone has not had very successful relationships, I've already been kind of uh, monitoring or looking at what they've been going through. And I can already say, okay, yeah, check, check, check. That's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that because I see what they're going through, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely say, you know, when it comes down to all of those things, please make sure that though your friend is qualified in those areas before you receive any dating advice from them, because if not, uh, you could be on a, a one way street to remaining single. <laughs> all right, we move, we move, we move. On to our next anime for discussion. And that is. Spy Classroom, episode six, titled File Pandemonium Sibula. 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 I don't know how to say her name. I'm sorry, but. But in this episode, in an attempt to make their teacher, Klaus, surrender to the team Lamplight, Sibla Sibla tells the girls she is going to run this mission solo as she, her specialty is tailing people unnoticed due to her athletic ability of being quick. So she got she got some jets. She got some fast little um, feet. You know, she got the, the quick stompers. <laughs> Uh, now, also in a failed attempt to defeat their sensei, uh, Saibula ends up opening an explosive box filled with red powder, which ends up ruining her clothes. Now, believing that this was a revenge tactic from the team leader, Lily, she begins chasing her around the house in retaliation. <laughs> so, you know, those that are watching the live stream right now, you can see the screenshot. Uh, Lily's getting ran down on from uh, Cybella and I mean, she's pissed off. Like she's really, really angry. Uh, but yeah, you know, it made me think about pranking your friends. Do you, do y'all prank your friends at all? Now I'm going to be honest for me. I do not like pranks at all. Now I, I will say that I have watched some, um, you know, on social media before, but a lot of them, in my opinion, are in very bad taste. And I just I just can't get with it. You know, for me, me personally, like my friends, they know I'm not someone that likes pranks. Don't fool me. Don't do none of that because I'm going to be pissed off and I'm going to be mad and I might fight you. <laughs> Depending on what the prank is, I might fight you. And so be careful. Don't, don't do not cross that line now i know that sounds like so for some people like oh jay you so sensitive like you're gonna you you know you can't you're not a, a good sport when it comes down to prank no i'm not <laughs> and i'm telling you right now do not prank your boy because i i'm not with it but I, I think the main reason why once or some reason i should say why i don't like pranks is because they can be dangerous like some of the pranks i see is like no, like this is this is so someone can seriously get hurt. Like, why would you do that? You know, like you know, uh, throw you know throwing something from a balcony and it landing on their head, depending on the weight and the gravity that comes, like that can end up breaking somebody, snapping somebody's neck. Like you just 
you never know. So, I mean, I know y'all are like, dang, Jay, like you really no fun. Uh, no, I am. Uh, I'm hilarious and I like to have a good time, but there's just way uh, different ways that you can go about having your fun. But pranks, not someone that's a big proponent of that. Uh, and another thing I feel like about pranks is depending on how they are uh, viewed, it can excite aggression. It can excite anger. Like, you know, and it's kind of like me talking about myself. Like, you know, if 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 you prank me and it's something to where, especially if I think I could have got hurt, I'm mad. I'm upset because I could have ended up going to the hospital. And you know what that means? That means time away from the things that I love to do, whether it be playing video games, watching anime, hanging out with the homies, whatever it could be. It's just, it's just all bad. So I would say, just say to you guys out there, just be mindful of the people that you are pranking. If you know, if you don't know, you should ask. And if you, if you do know, uh, then, and they're all right with it, it should be cool. But if you do know, and they're not all right with it, that doesn't mean that it's a green light that, oh, because we're friends, it should be cool for me to prank them. No, it that's not how it goes. You're going to end up being, uh, you're going to end up going on a solo mission and then that's how something things can go left and people can really get hurt. So uh, you've been warned. <laughs> All right. On to our next anime for conversation. And that is. Season two of Tokyo Revengers. Episode six titled Whip Up Morale. Wow, Rip Up Morale. Now, Tokyo Revengers has been uh pretty interesting this season so far. Uh man, it's so interesting because when I look at the landscape of shows that are out right now, it doesn't seem like this anime is getting as much hype as it did when it first came out. So I don't know if it's because this is like the mid-tier part you know and people may be waiting for other stuff that have already read the manga i don't know but it's been cool like it's been cool so far but but yeah in this episode obsessed with changing the future takemichi decides to work with kisaki and hanma in hopes of stopping hakai from murdering his big brother who's also the leader of the black dragons taiju shiba now after uh final preparations were made uh, Takemichi was able to find and confront Hakai, but soon later realizing that he was backstabbed by one of his teammates and left to handle Taiju with no assistance at all. Dang, now that, that that's so cold blood. I mean, you see right now on the screen, you know, they're gang gang. They 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 clicked up and everything. I mean, it looks good. Like look, looks great on the surface, right? But in reaction, in actuality, you know, someone or, or a pair of them say, you know what, we're going to do our own thing and we're going to leave them out to dry. And it's so unfortunate because you see Takemichi and he's such a good guy and, you know, he wants the best and, and for his uh, his club mates or his, his uh, gang mates, I guess you could say. Um, but it's, it, things are just not going his way. But of course, you know, it makes me think about the topic of backstabbing coworkers. 
backstabbing coworkers. Because I mean, they're really they're kind of like coworkers in this this episode. I mean, they're in a group together, but not all of them like each other. But they have to work with work with each other, and you know that's very much what coworkers do. They 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 may not like each other, or they may do, but they work with each other uh, to complete whatever the goal or mission is for the company. And in this instance, you have Takemichi who puts himself on the line because he wants to change the future of, you know, Haikai, you know, really causing harm to his big brother. And with this plan that he kind of put together with Kisaki and Hama, you know, he got done dirty. They pretty much left him out to dry, uh, tied up one of his homeboys that was also going to help out and walked off completely from the scene unscathed for the most part and it's like dang like this is it's just so messed up but yeah you know backstabbing co-workers you know it, it definitely does happen uh especially when you have uh people that are trying to climb up uh higher positions and you know that's what it is you know other people want to make more money they want more responsibility or they might just be craving that power you know they might be power hungry and that can cause them to do some things where you know what i don't mind if i step on somebody else and potentially ruin someone's career in order for me to propel mine and you know it's it's such a uh it's sad that this happens but this is like industry like across all industries it doesn't matter when you're talking about entertainment um, you know, if you're in the uh, IT, you know, when it comes down to technology, um, communications, government, it doesn't matter. All different levels, you know, there's these type of experiences do exist. And uh, unfortunately, there's not I wouldn't say that there is a way to like bulletproof yourself from situations like this. Uh, but, you know, they have these programs like whistle whistleblower programs where you can pretty much snitch on somebody. <laughs> and here's the thing, you know, when it comes down to snitching, you know, I, this is my beliefs. If someone is doing something bad, clearly bad, and it's really hurting other people, I'm telling. I'm just letting you know right now, Jay Stark is telling on you. If you are my neighbor and I see you robbing other people uh, or, uh, you know, you uh, antagonizing others in a very bad way, uh, race, whatever the case may be, I'm going to tell it. You know, you gonna, we, we going to put them people on you and you're going to get dealt with accordingly if, um, if I'm not the one that deals with you. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Jay, is that a threat? Uh, yes, that is a threat. <laughs> All right, well, hey, that is the end of our episode. You know, hey, for those of you that have watched this episode, I greatly appreciate you for you know checking in on your boy. Uh, man, I had a great time. Unfortunately, we don't have our character analysis. Uh, for today, I, I'm telling you, I've been so, 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 so busy. It's just been ridiculous. And so hopefully uh, in the next, I'll say like at least the next month coming towards March, I should have the show out a lot earlier. And so if you are a late owl or, you know, an owl like me and stay up pretty late, uh, you know, you might have to get up a little bit earlier to watch the show. But hey, you know, it's it's all love. 
Well, hey, you know, once again, if you are a new listener, please be sure to check out our links in the description below as you can find some more dope bingo book podcast content on our DSPs or wherever you get your bingo book podcast from and also on our YouTube, Twitch and Facebook page. Uh, hey, if you happen to have a Discord, make sure that you click our link and join my crib so you know you can hang out with your boy and get some notifications whenever I go live. And hey, I love for you to have you a part of my community. Uh, we trying to grow that thing, you know. I'll be honest, I'm, it's kind of uh, <laughs> it's kind of inactive right now. Don't have too much going on. Uh, but hey, if you're looking for any content drops, oh, we definitely got that for you for sure. All right. Well, hey, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll be back next week and we are out this thing. <laughs>